Welcome back to the Soul Savings Podcast. Happy New Year, y'all. First episode of 2024. I should say, what was it? Last year, Jordan year was 2023. I guess we call it, what is it? Black Mama year is 24. Yeah. Happy New Year to everybody. Thank you for tuning into the Soul Savings Podcast. If you're new here, this is an all-around podcast where we talk to musicians, singers, fashion designers, content creators, chefs. I love talking with, you know, I got different interests, so I love talking to different people. It's very music-oriented, but I love talking to guests that, you know, have a, a very, very extensive background and the get the guest that i'm getting ready to introduce he has so many titles so many great things he has going on but specifically you know he's also uh he played college uh football he's a safety played for duke university he also you know does, does so many great things he's uh has some music online he's also an artist but y'all give it up right now for mr kwong <laughs> We're gonna thank get the we'll get the claps. We're gonna get some Arsenio Hall. My my producer Rob cueing the the Arsenio Hall claps. We're gonna get that going in the in the yeah, thing. Yeah, there yeah. we go. Yeah. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Oh no problem. Usually how, are you? how I'm doing pretty good. I'm, I'm glad to talk to you. You my first guest of the year of 2024. Yeah, that's, that's a big responsibility. I like my, I know right. Yeah. I know right. Listen, this show we like to have, I call it, we have fine China conversation. We don't have paper plate conversation. So I try okay, to give like that. a good, yeah, we try to have great dialogue on this podcast. But usually how I start off, since you're music oriented, I usually ask, uh, I have this segment on this podcast that I call the musical genesis, basically get to the beginning of your story. I feel mm-hmm. like I should start uh, and ask you, what was your first introduction into music? Um, I mean, it really started when I was um, really young as a kid, um, just loving music. Both my parents were, were into music. I remember my mom, you know, playing Whitney Houston and Anita Baker and things like that when I was younger. So uh, boys to men. So just growing up around that type of music. Uh, my dad's from Africa, so um, he would play African music. He would play reggae music in the house like that. Um, so I've always been around music and loved it, you know, since a child and, you know, started gravitating towards hip hop on my own. My parents didn't love that, but, you know, I fell in love with that <laughs> early on um, from like, you know, Cool Modi to Tone Loke to Easy e um, And then I kind of like graduated to like the, you know, the Nas, the Jay-Z's and things like that. So I've always been kind of, uh, you know, a lover of music and also kind of a student of the game when it comes to, to hip hop. Okay. And what was it? Was there a, a certain artist in particular that you gravitated towards? Like, it don't have to be your favorite, but when you saw him, I was like, man, like a, either an MC or a singer. Was there any uh, artist in particular you gravitated towards their music heavily? Yeah, I definitely say Nas. When I first heard Nas, when I was like 10 years old, uh, I think I heard the If I Ruled the World song on the radio with Lauryn Hill and, um, you know, was kind of just captivated by that. And then I kind of dug deeper and I got his um, It Was Written album. And that that kind of just blew my mind and, um, you know, kind of got me on a whole, like, East Coast hip-hop wave and stuff like that. So it probably probably has to be Nas, and that is my favorite artist as well. Mm. And you were from Los Angeles, right? Correct, correct. Were Were you raised there too, or were you just born there? Yeah, I was uh, born in Los Angeles, raised in Altadena, uh, okay. Pasadena area. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. Yeah. So obviously there, you know, 
um i grew up with a lot of west coast hip-hop too uh you know of course mm-hmm. you know tupac snoop dogg uh dj quick you know you name it you know growing up on the on the, on my block that's what you heard the cars playing and stuff like that uh, which i was into as well but i always took a liking to you know east coast as well and, and more lyrical hip-hop see and that's the thing people from uh it was like this misconception back then that people from the West Coast didn't listen to East Coast. And that whole like East Coast was like, I felt like was stupid because everybody like, cause I have family, uh, my, my, my mother's side roots is all West Coast. So mm-hmm. they listen to East Coast. It was like, you know, majority East Coast. It was like those hard beats, like the, like, I think it was a uh, lynch mob, like a uh, productions uh-huh. was like doing a lot of stuff. Ice Cube was doing a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Public Enemy and Chuck D and all that stuff. So a lot of that sound with G-Funk, I know G-Funk started to do around like yeah. 92, 93, but you know, but yeah, right. everybody loved East Coast music on the West Coast. That's what I, that's what I feel like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, on my block, I felt like I was, or my neighborhood, I was kind of like an outlier. You know, everybody's kind of just like, west coast and or nothing you know what i mean mm-hmm. and i was kind of the one guy that was you know listening to stuff from the east coast and stuff like that but i'm sure i'm sure it goes both ways um mm. and i was also you know around the time of the, the east coast west coast beef and all that kind of stuff so you know it was a little little sticky and people you know choosing sides and all that kind of stuff so right <laughs> and so from your adolescent years you said Nas was your favorite artist in terms of like, uh, what what got your interest first? Was it always music, or how did sports how did sports play a part in that? I'm sure you know, growing up, YMC, if you did YMCA basketball or some kid, you know, elevating from that. But what where did that start from in terms of sports? Yeah, yeah, sports was always number one. Music was just kind of like a, a interest. I mean, everybody likes music, right? right? So, mm-hmm. uh, but sports was number one. That's what that's pretty much. You know, I say like my life's work, like I started playing sports when I was four or five years old, always loved sports. Um, I kind of played it all growing up, Um, you know, basketball and football were always kind of number one as far as me being a fan and and me playing it. Uh, But I played, I think soccer and basketball were like my first two sports. Uh, My dad's from Africa again, so he he loved soccer and he was like my first soccer coach. Um, So it was those two sports first and then uh, played, you know, t-ball, baseball. Um, and, uh, I mean, a little bit of everything growing up, but, uh, I ended up sticking with, uh, basketball and football. Um, and that was kind of like one and one a and played that, you know, um, like you said, from the YMCA level and then kind of graduating towards like AU basketball and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then always playing for my school teams. Um, so yeah, that's where a lot of my, my focus and, and time went, um, growing up and, you know, kept me out of trouble, kept me focused. Um, so in high school, I did basketball, football, and track, and those were like my three. Um, and my goal was always to, you know, first get a, you know, a scholarship and then, you know, hopefully play professionally one day. Um, so I got one out of the two, (laughs) um, uh, I had opportunities to play uh, college football and college basketball. Um, I ended up choosing football and and played at Duke. So that's kind of the, the whole sports story right there. So it was just about a matter of like what came first in terms of the the, the scholarship, basketball, football. Um, yeah, I mean, I had I was getting offers uh, for both, and I it was kind of like you had to pick one. You know, what I mean, um, there are some opportunities where people say you can play both, but that's 
um, that's pretty rare. Um, mm. And, you know, a lot of times when you get the higher level you get, you got to kind of focus in on one thing if you want to be yeah. want to be great at it. Right. So um, I wasn't like the tallest. I'm like, I'm six one, but in basketball, mm -hmm. that's not super tall. Um, mm. So my the way I was thinking was, you know, I have a better shot of going pro uh, playing football because I was more the prototypical size for the position I was playing. I played uh, defensive back safety. Um, so mm -hmm. like six one and, you know, mm -hmm. I was probably about uh, like 185 in high school, but I was probably like 200, 205 pounds in, in college. So that's kind of like the prototype, you know, size. So mm -hmm. that was my thinking. Of, I have a better shot of going pro in football. Um, so that's kind of why I chose football. I think I think the only athlete that I know that did both was what well, was Deion Sanders was Allen right. Iverson. They said he was a better football player than he was basketball. So yeah, yeah. I mean, he yeah. did both in high school, but when he got to college, it was strictly basketball. So, oh yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, but he was he was a great quarterback in football as well. Yeah. And Deion Sanders, Deion Sanders is probably the I can't think of any. Was I mean Michael Jordan? He did baseball, but he wasn't like prolific like Deion Sanders right. was with baseball. You had uh, in you terms had of the stats. Oh, Jackson right. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. But they're, I mean, they're both like freak, freak athletes. I know, right? That's what I'm about to say. Deion Sanders is like a freak athlete. I yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, they're but special. What, and I want to get to, because I think, I feel like uh, sports is so, in terms of the discipline you get from it, whether, I don't think whatever sports you ever play, because I played multiple sports when I was in school too, but mm -hmm. I think it helps with like the discipline with, things like just in real life stuff in terms of my time management if it wasn't oh, for yeah. that i'll probably awful yeah, yeah <laughs> in terms no, of just being complacent with everything yeah i wouldn't no, i'll be so nonchalant about life <laughs> yeah no i think it's a great great teacher uh, of life in general like you learn so many things from you know accountability punctuality you know because you're your coaches don't play, you know what I mean? You're going to run mm -hmm. into a coach that doesn't play and they're going to hold you accountable. They're going to push you um, harder than you probably want to work. Um, mm -hmm. So you learn hard work, you know, you learn, you know, sticking with some something, not quitting, um, mm -hmm. learn how to win, learn how to lose. Uh, I mean, it's it's a really, a, a, you know, it goes hand in hand with life. So I'm always grateful, you know, for my sports experiences. And I think it I think it separates separates me in the real world. Um, and kind of gives me that edge, that competitive edge that, you know, the next person may not have. I, I want to stick on that a little bit because I, I kind of try to give y'all the canvas so y'all can paint the picture for the audience so they can get mm -hmm. like y'all, y'all timeline, whatever it is that yeah. you did in the, in your background so they can get a full picture of what y'all go through as not just athletes, but also like transitioning from other career fields. I feel like it's necessary to do that. And I mm -hmm. want to stay on it in terms of like, what was your, your thought process like as a kid? Like what, how did you take in discipline? If that's, if I could kind of summarize it like that, like, how did you take it in? Like mm -hmm. in terms of like, who had, did you, were you self-motivating or did you have to get pushed from your coach or your, your parents? How, how, how did that look like to you in terms of being disciplined into doing that? And, you know. Sure. I've always been pretty disciplined and, and, and motivated and kind of like knew what I was passionate about. And, you know, nobody had to like force me to, to go play sports or, you know, I was, I've always been a sports junkie. Like since a, a little kid, I'd be, if I wasn't playing sports, I was watching sports. I could tell you this player stats. I could tell you where this mm -hmm. school was, um, you know, 
a lot of people like don't know where certain universities are and i would know just from watching sports and stuff like that so i was always kind of locked in um and i was always a pretty you know obedient kid i wasn't really like rebellious or anything like that um you know my dad was probably the more dis- disciplinarian of the family um mm-hmm. over my mom but you know i didn't really have too many issues being being motivated or, or disciplined too too much so getting up for practice every day that was just that became the just locked in with that like okay I'm gonna yeah get up yeah i would i'd be looking hard. forward to practice you know what i mean I've, i'm the type that's you know i'm laying out my jersey or my practice clothes you know what i mean the day before mm-hmm. you know because that was that was what i was looking forward to that was my passion you know uh, there i'm sure there was times where i didn't feel like practicing or uh, i'm not really a morning person so you know maybe an early practice would get on my nerves especially you know when you get um, to the more intense practices where there be you know high school or college you know you have a tough mm-hmm. practice where the, the coach is going to kick your butt or you're going to have really hard conditioning or something of course you know mm-hmm. You might not be looking forward to that, but the overall, you know, team aspect, being around your teammates, um, you know, playing and practicing something you love, it wasn't really something that I had I was forced to do. You know, I, I enjoyed it. I think the only time I laid out an outfit was I was just more worried about <laughs> school clothes. That was the only thing I laid mm-hmm. out with, with, with sports and school. I mean, it was you know, my dad was like real particular about like time. We got up every day at four o'clock. Because oh, he man. had to be, at, we had to be at work at six, and so, and then sometimes when I would <laughs> go to practice, we had practice late in the day. Our coaches would make us get up there early to practice. I'm like, mm-hmm. why are we practicing twice a day? Like, yeah, yeah, the two a day. Yeah. yeah, I played basketball. I played soccer. Mm-hmm. I wish we had a soccer team. They have soccer teams down in high school, but it wasn't mm-hmm. that prevalent when I was coming up. But now they got right, them now. Right. But, yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. It's, but yeah, just that constant getting up. The time it just became a thing because I would I mean I was a morning person but I'm not get up at four o'clock in the morning that early yeah, yeah, but now yeah. that's what, but now I get up every day at four o'clock in the morning so it's crazy no, I that's can't great yeah. yeah that's great I, mean, I think that's a great habit you always hear about you know high achieving people you know get up early and, and things like that and you know have check you know three things off their checklist before the average person wakes up so. Right. I wish I was more like that. <laughs> it's just a habit. I mean, because he was just, my dad was military. So I think that's yeah. mostly, it came from that. Like he was the kind of person where like if he went to go check your bed to see if it was made, if it wasn't tucked correctly, <laughs> like, yeah. no, you yeah. taking yeah. all yeah. these sheets off and doing again. Yeah. And so that, it, right? yeah. yeah, everything was organized. And now I'm halfway OCD because he's, yeah. <laughs> he put that, that in me. But, but yeah, it's just, I love like talking to athletes about that because I feel like again it's most people that don't have that like when you when you see it certain people if they're not necessarily comfortable with their job position whatever it is and you look at well what do you do a day and it's like well I take I set my alarm at I gotta be at work at seven but I start I set the alarm like four or five times I don't need to set an alarm it's like I'm already up but it's not even that my way is doing it is better it's just that how do you like figure out your time management and how you're going to be productive during the day? I just never, but I feel like sports is very much like correlated with mm-hmm. real life. Like people that are sports oriented, if they were like grew up with, you know, middle school, high school, you know, collegiate level and even get to professional level. I feel like that don't leave you. I don't know. Yeah, no, I agree. I think, you know, 
I think it's just that that structure as well, you know, um, mm -hmm. whether it be sports or like military, like you said, or or some type of, you know, hobby or activity that just practicing piano, whatever it is, you know, mm -hmm. that keeps you accountable and, uh, you know, kind of keeps you focused on a goal. Right. And OK, so you're in your college years. So was music always a part of that? When did what what age were you? Did you know that you could start like? rhyming what when did you start doing that um you know i would always mess around you know freestyling and stuff like that like you know mm -hmm. most most guys do or most kids do mm -hmm. um you know who are hip-hop fans you mess around and freestyle with your friends uh mm -hmm. i would do a little bit of that in high school a little bit of that um in college um i think i actually recorded i messed around recording in college kind of a couple of guys on our team had studio equipment and we would, you know, mess around and uh, mm -hmm. try to record some songs or a verse here and there. Um, but it really didn't become like serious until after college, uh, after I was done playing football, after I kind of exhausted all of my professional football options. Um, and I graduated college, like right in the middle of the pandemic or not pandemic. Mm -hmm. um, the uh, pandemic is fresh in my mind now. Uh, during, <laughs> you talking about the recession 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 yeah okay. um so you know it was tough to get a job um i had a lot of free time um and i kind of like i said exhausted the the pro football options so it was like me and my um one of my good friends we were kind of just fresh out of college and we were just kind of working out every day and i had found out that he was kind of making beats on his own and I heard one of his beat CDs. I'm like, man, these are pretty good. Like, you know, we should do something with these. Um, and, you know, before you knew it, I, was, I started writing to him. Um, and he had a little uh, a MacBook laptop. Um, and then he, he had like the, the Logic. Um, I think we were recording on Logic. And, you know, we just started, I just started recording. Um, we were just up in his his parents house in his bedroom on his just me wrapping into the laptop no mic or nothing um and just recording and you know before you knew it we had um you know a handful of songs and i was like you know we should we should put together a mixtape he's like nah nah we can't do that da, da, da. like why not uh, so he kept making beats i kept you know writing and recording and before you knew it uh, we had you know i don't know 15 to 20 songs and then I kind of put together my, my first mixtape. And uh, from then, I just I just got the bug of, you know, uh, writing, recording, hearing myself, hearing the improvement, uh, putting out projects, uh, shooting videos. And I just kind of caught the bug ever since then. And uh, what I always tell people, it, it kind of uh, filled the void of me not having sports anymore. You know, I was so dedicated um, and passionate about sports. So once that came to an end, you know, being able to play organized sports at a high level, I needed that next thing to um, fuel me and to um, use my competitive and creative energy. What What was it about music that, that attracted you to it in terms of like you, like, was it just you just doing it and just the right place, right time, like him, you know, being in the studio doing that? What, what gave you that in terms of, you know, wanting to do it or pursue I, it i think first and foremost just being a fan of it and being you know uh, a passionate fan of it uh, me and him both his name is uh jay stew he still makes he still makes music as well um 
but just being passionate fans, being kind of you know knowledgeable fans, um, like like I said, student of the game, and also I think at the time just not really hearing um, the high level of hip hop that we wanted around that time. So it's mm-hmm. like you know if it's not out there, like create it yourself, right? Mm. Um, so kind of a mixture mixture of all those things, and then like you right. said, right place, right time, like me kind of hearing those beats it was like a light bulb went off like wait you have all these beats just sitting there like you know what i mean mm. let's do something you know what i mean uh i never thought that i would <laughs> be rap i didn't grow up thinking i would rap it just kind of organically happened um and i think like i said it, just the timing of it of like my um my sports career kind of coming to an end and just needing that next thing and kind of just jumped in head first to it Man, I definitely relate to that. You, I, I call it uh, these moments. I call it, uh, whenever a guest says something that I relate to, I call it a mirror moment because I had that. <laughs> this whole uh, Soul Savvness is a, a publication, and it was uh-huh. just watch seeing people, you know, other music websites, and it's like they weren't really talking about the music that, you know. I was like, well, why aren't they talking about this album or that album? And it was there. You go. Like, yeah. I was just a person, just you know. But, you know, it, it just sort of, like you said, organically happened. Like, the ideas came to me, like, 3 o'clock in the morning. It just, yeah, yeah. No, just told me to, but, yeah, I definitely relate to that. In terms of, like, uh, pursuing it, music. So, of course, like, once you finish playing, or, or let me go back a little bit. In terms mm-hmm. of college, what did that prepare you for in terms of football? What was that journey like? I mean, okay, so you get accepted there you got scholarship to play football what was that experience like playing a uh, collegiate football oh that was amazing um you know definitely like one of my uh i guess like the the top achievements i would say you know of my life is you know getting a scholarship and going to duke university uh, but yeah just just really achieving a dream you know um as far as like playing division one football, playing in all these stadiums. I grew up watching on TV, um, going to school on a campus that, you know, I would, I dreamed about and, uh, you know, watched them on TV every day. So, um, yeah, it was really just a dream come true, you know, uh, playing on TV, like all that kind of stuff. So, um, really great experience, great campus, great people. I had, you know, I'm still friends with a lot of my teammates, um, that I played with. So, you know, I have, I have no complaints. It's really like a dream come true. Because I, uh, I was finding it interesting, like with football, uh, Duke football, because you mostly mm-hmm. just hear about basketball. Not- yeah, exactly. Did you feel any pressure from that in terms of like having to show up in football? Or was that a pressure thing for y'all being in a, a school like that to perform? To uh, Yeah, get definitely. To be on was, television? Um, yeah, definitely. Um, I think uh, you have the basketball foot, football dynamic where, you know, the basketball teams are obviously like the big man on campus and everything like that. Um, and we're kind of just like like struggling to get respect um, and just improve the program because, I mean, the program was really not in a great state when I got there. So just really um, kind of fighting through, you know, losing a lot. You know what I mean? That wasn't fun, obviously. But, um, you know, it's like you sign up for something and, yeah, you realize it's a blessing and, you know, you try to make the best out of best of it and then leave a place, you know, better than you found it. Uh, you know, I think we did that um, by the time we got to my senior year, you know, we started 
playing better football. And I think we, we really left the program in a, in a better state. And now they're, you know, they're doing great things. A lot of guys going to the NFL. Like they had like a nine win season this year, maybe 10 win season. Um, so, you know, the program's in a, in a much better place. Um, so you just take pride in, you know, being a, a small piece of, you know, kind of that turnaround, you know. Nice. When you when you graduate, you said like that helped you like doing in terms of fo- com- coping with the idea that, you know, your your football career was was done in terms of transitioning. What what, what other interests besides music? Because for me, uh, I, when I graduated, I, I moved to L.A. and I started interning at Fox. It was just an opportunity to, for me mm-hmm. to intern at uh, Sirius. And honestly, it was just somebody offered it to me i was like hey why not i didn't really it it, is i feel like it's certain things that happen like if i didn't have that experience then i wouldn't know like how to do my own radio show and do my own podcast but Mm -hmm. you don't see that like over like 15 16 years ago it was just me doing it was there something like uh that interests you like outside of that that helped you like with business like for me i love business i love right you know marketing like understanding like when I did this podcast, I didn't know anything about it. Now, you know, I had consulted with other people and it's like, oh, this is interesting. And you figure mm-hmm. out, you know, different business stuff that you learned when you were coming up. Is there any other interests besides, you know, those two things that, you know, helped you, you know, become a, you know, evolved as a an adult? <laughs> for sure. For sure. Um, definitely. Definitely business. Um, always had an interest in business and like, you know saw myself in the future as a quote unquote businessman or um, just kind of that entrepreneurial spirit. And then, and also marketing as well. Like I studied marketing in college and um, just the creative aspect of marketing, um, thinking outside the box, um, things like that. And kind of how you can kind of um, merge that creative mind in the, in the business world. So um, Mm -hmm. definitely marketing. And, you know, basically I had a, you know, 10 year career in marketing, in social media um so i kind of that was kind of my first one of my first um real jobs after college uh, was was working in social media and i was kind of i was at the forefront of when that became a real job right so right. that's obviously it's a fairly new um concept so um i started working in social media in 2012 and that was kind of really when it became like a, a real job and i had a 10-year career in that so um, definitely marketing. That's the I, thing I love about business is most of it is just, I realize it's just the likability factor of you, like your personality and just like learning people in business. That's what mm-hmm. I learned the most about business. It's just like just talking with certain people and it's like, Oh, because of course, you know, you have to have other aspects to it in terms of the numbers. It's like, okay, this is what we're offering this is our numbers this mm-hmm. is what yours is i feel like we can help contribute this way but i feel like mm-hmm. likability you as a person it's so much personal skills you have to have as a person to move up in marketing and yeah. it's more of a like i feel like it's more of a likability factor just from my experience i feel like it's just likability yeah that definitely plays into it you know i think a lot of business um is relationships right like you want to work with somebody that that you respect that you trust um that you like being around you know and that you like doing business with so that's definitely always a part of it you know that's why they have 
you know, the networking events or you take your clients to dinner or, you know, you talk mm-hmm. business on the golf course, whatever it may be. So a, a lot of it is relationship based for sure. Yeah, it's it's crazy how that I realize that because it's like, OK, you got the numbers, but it's like you. And for me, I was more of an observer. I didn't really start talking to people until I started touring because I'm a touring musician. And so you meet so many different people in different cities and it's like, well, what do you do? What? And then you realize mm-hmm. like the dialect or the accents and it's like, well, where, where your background is and you learn about different religions and then just talking to people. That's how I became, you know, a conversationalist. Cause I wasn't good at it. Cause I, cause people, <laughs> cause their perception, like when you're quiet or you don't really talk like that, they think you're like mean or they'll have all these right. different and it's like, no, they're like, oh, I thought you were mean or whatever. Exactly. Or that, oh, yeah. I didn't know, you know, because you didn't. Well, I'm not just randomly smiling at men all day. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> it's not, exactly. you know, because it, it'd be interpreted different. But it's just interesting because I, I talked to one guy uh, in a business deal and we just randomly talking and I start talking about like Frank Sinatra and people mm-hmm. like the Rat Pack crew. And he was like, how do you know about that? I'm like, well, because I'm a, you know, I'm a, a music journalist and a musician. So you kind of yeah. just have that information and he just right there cut a check just because i made him feel yeah. good about the air he was in i was like wow yeah. that's yeah. crazy yeah but yeah but, but yeah if you know what you know it get there but likability i feel like those two things have to intertwine to you know yeah no definitely but yeah uh my next question in terms of marketing is that something that uh you just feel like it's a part of your your just day to day practice, or is there anything else in terms of like, like musically? Like I love your single, uh, this the one, the Jodeci one. I love that one. I was like, man. oh, appreciate it. I was it, like, if it. you did that one, because that's the thing with music. It's mostly the versatility. The more versatile you are as an artist, that's what like if you in terms of like mid tempos, up tempos, and you have that to where you can appeal to men and women with that record. And then yeah. also you have the other records that you do that showcase your uh, your skills as an MC. Your, your cadence is great. Your flow is great. It's all those things. But in terms of uh, with what you do in marketing, what does that look like, look like to you moving forward in terms of like putting out either EP or LP to where, you know, a full body project? Yeah, yeah. That's definitely something I want to do. Um, I think it's really just... Um, being able to lock in with the producer. Because for me, it, it really just starts with the music, the beats. Um, mm-hmm. And I have to be, I have to be moved. I have to be inspired, uh, you know, to write, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not it's not easy to write, you know, a 16 bar verse that that is good, let alone, you know, multiple 16, multiple verses, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and hooks for songs and stuff like that. So it's not something I ever want to force. Um, mm-hmm. and I think, you know, once you start forcing it, it just, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't come out well in my, in my experience. I rather, if it, if it's something that flows naturally, um, mm-hmm. and, the, and the beat moves me, then, you know, that's, that's what I'm about. And that's when I make my best music. So I think it's just being able to lock in with the, uh, with the producer, multiple producers and, and them having stuff that inspires me. Um, and that way I can, you know, put together a, a EP or something like that. But that's definitely a goal of mine. And um, I actually did like three songs within the last couple of years with one producer, um, but it was over a span of time. So we could have like looking back on it, we could have just packaged that, you know, as an EP, did one or two more songs. Um, his name is Rice. So um, I did a song called uh, 
TBH, to be honest with him, uh, Stop Playing, um, and another one called uh, Pace Yourself. So I did three songs that one producer, and he has he definitely has stuff that I like um, and mm-hmm. stuff that kind of matches my tone and, and my style. So, um, yeah, definitely maybe EP with him in the future or another producer or group of producers that's definitely, you know, on the um, on the front burner for me. In, in terms of like that, the creative process, do you think conceptually, like in terms of like you go with a theme? I feel like most artists, they they have like a theme, like whatever's going on, their experience in life. And they kind of mm-hmm. created around that. Are you like a conceptual artist to where you, you do that first before? I mean, you said get the music, you get yeah. the right uh, production. But in terms of conceptually, like if you have like a theme, like if it's like with not like you said, Nas is your favorite. His King's Disease, those are like from the, I, I would take th- those three albums he did over not after it was written, but his early two thousand records. I would actually mm-hmm. take these three over that because conceptually, yeah. he he had like a like a well thought out like conceptually, it was just a solid body of work to where it feels like a story, like with each yeah. song. And the third one, I actually, and he got with Hit Boy, and it was like, because some of his, uh, just honestly speaking, some of his early work uh, past the 90s, it, it, it's like hit or miss in terms of the production. I don't really yeah, care yeah. for it. It's like, what are you actually saying? It feels like he was just, you know, fulfilling, you know, record label <laughs> promises of put All out right. this record, you know. But this one, it, it, you know, him being, you know, a veteran, a legend in the game and just having a real clear concept. And I think the more season he was, he had more to say. And it felt yeah. like more authentic to the music because he made a theme. Are you going that route conceptually with trying to get as much experience to put to the EP or, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, he's been on a, a crazy run with Hip Boy, by the way. I love it. Um, but, um, but yeah, um, definitely there, I definitely have songs where, um, actually the three that I mentioned, like each, each song that I did with that, with, uh, producer Rice. So like, uh, to be honest, is a song about, you know, like a toxic relationship and me touching on that. Yeah. I feel like I've done the, the concept thing for sure. I mean, that's important to me. I don't, I want to, I don't want to be an artist that's just like, you know saying a bunch of words that that match and not really saying anything so mm-hmm. i was saying i definitely have songs um that you know stick to one concept and and one story um mm-hmm. i was saying the, the the three songs i've done with my my boy rice who's a producer um to be honest is a song about you know a toxic relationship and it you know it's talking from personal experience and i i kind of um you know tell that whole story in that song um and then stop playing is one where it's more kind of like um you know relationship dynamic um type of things and each verse is about like a different situation um and then lastly uh pace yourself is the last one i did with him and um that's telling about uh it's a story about a unfortunate event that happened to me in miami um and you know you get the concept pace yourself from that so that's like a, a whole storytelling song right there. So um, I've definitely done that and I'm capable of that um, on a song by song basis. So I would definitely, you know, love to take on the challenge of, of putting together an EP or album like that as well, where there's one one concept that you're kind of sticking with. I think that that makes for, for great art when you just pace through it. Cause you know, yeah. 
I worked on hip hop albums, all different kind of genres. I've worked on being a studio musician and then co-writing and co-producing records. And it's mostly, hopefully you, when you work with artists, you hope they have a concept or something to bring. So you don't just feel like you're just there, just, yeah. you know, feeling studio time that you're actually, you know, putting together something that's gonna, that. so I think you're on the right track. I think most mm -hmm. of it is just, I think once you finally get the the whole concept comes to you, I feel mm -hmm. like you seem like a visual artist that that's like that'd be seamless for you to just come up with something conceptually and then EP. I think it's just more of the experience of life, more your Miami experiences. <laughs> create something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm definitely living life, that's for sure. So uh, there's not there's usually not a shortage of, of content. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you definitely gotta, you know, you always hear artists say, you know, you gotta go out and live a little bit before you have something to talk about, right? So. Right, exactly. Your style kind of reminds me of, um, it does have like a New York feel to it. It feel, mm -hmm. it, um, cause I like some of the New York hip hop artists that are not like real well known, like they're well known to like MCs. Like if you're mm -hmm. like a hip hop head, then you know who they are, like Joel Ortiz. Yeah, He's yeah. one of my favorite, top favorites. And mm -hmm. I'm trying to think of some more. I want to say- it was nice. uh, yeah, he's real nice, but you, you kind of give me that style of not like um, not like it's like dated, you know. But yeah. you know what I mean. No, no, I mean part of it. Part of it could be that, like you know, it's it's a more traditional style of rap. You know, it's not it's not. I don't really do too much of the you know the melodic type stuff that's popular today. Like mm -hmm. like I said, like I grew up on Nas and Jay Z and. And mm -hmm. lyricism so that's that's kind of like that's my bag and i know that um and i definitely try to you know um kind of branch out and try different things when it makes sense um but you know my my um my kind of bread and butter is is the lyrical type of hip-hop so and you know in your flow it fits i feel like live instrumentation Mm -hmm. would fit like if you did yeah, like yeah. that 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 shit would sound like it would go nice because you nah. have that 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 cadence in your voice to where it flows well like if you get somebody not like like you like biting a rap like kendrick lamar but like something yeah. where it's like concept like he had like a concept with like robert glasper creating mm -hmm. uh, to pimp a butterfly but just mm -hmm. something conceptual like that i could actually see you doing something like that nah thank you it's, it's funny you say that the engineer i work with is he says that all the time he's like i need to get you in here with like a full band and and really do some stuff yeah because you, know, you seem like you it because that's the thing with like rappers that are because your your raps are so creative it's like sometimes you need that other element because producer like sonically because it's easy to do it's easy to create that it's crazy mm -hmm. just producing is easy to create loops and bass right. loops or piano right. loops or whatever but i feel and there's also rappers that can i mean producers that can like with Dilla, like he's one of my favorite producers. Oh, yeah, of course, with drum of program. If you can create that feeling, if you get right. soulful producers like that, yeah. I know a couple of them that do that, but just live instrumentation, you know, yeah. I feel like that that would be something that make you stand out as a rapper. Yeah, yeah definitely. I definitely have to try to get into that um, with some live instruments. My, Like I said, my engineer has been talking about it for, for a while now. So, and yeah, like, like you say, the, the whole, you know, the soul beats and stuff like that and samples and all mm -hmm. kind of stuff that's definitely my my cup of tea so man i was about to tell you something i'm gonna tell you when we get off here because <laughs> some, some, for public consumption but i just had a thought but i'll share all with right. you after we get off here but right. you you have such a diverse background 
in terms of retrospect, what's something that you've learned now that, you know, I mean, back then that kind of propels you now in your, your career choices? What, what's that like in terms of retrospect? Um, I think really just trying to, to the best of your ability, do something that you love and that you're passionate about. Um, early on, um, you were talking about doing internships. Uh, I have a you know a close family friend that that owns an accounting firm, and he was nice enough to give me an internship when I was in college, um, and I did that. And like I said, when I graduated during the recession, um, I was struggling to find a job, and he reached out to me and gave me an opportunity to work at the accounting firm, and that was like my first real job out of college. Um, and I kind of came on as like a, a sports marketing consultant, um, like trying to help younger athletes manage their money and things like that. Mm-hmm. And then it, um, I kind of then I went into actually being like a staff accountant and doing tax returns and you know balance sheets, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I did that for about a year and a half. And he wanted me to go get my CPA. Um, so I took a couple classes. Um, to feel it out and I just knew in my heart it wasn't for me you know like I can't right I, I didn't see I'm not really like a, a passionate math guy I didn't okay. see myself like crunching numbers you know for the rest of my life and I was I was kind of at a crossroads where I had to like come to this guy that I really love and respect and be like you know I know you want this for me but this isn't what I see myself doing it's not what I want for myself so I think that was like a pivotal moment for me like really um you know listening to myself and not just kind of going with the flow of you know um the opportunity i had at the time i had to you know kind of pump the brakes on that and be like hey like i kind of want to go this direction instead so i think that um was an important moment for me to kind of put me on the path i'm on now as far as um you know doing things that are that are more creative um and kind of you know feed my soul and that's how i kind of switched lanes and got into the marketing and social media and I've kind of been in the better space since then as far as doing something that I'm, um, you know, interested in, passionate about. Uh, in terms of uh, pursuing music, like all the things that you want to get done, is mm-hmm. there anything that you've had to like overcome to get to that space to create? Is there anything to where, not necessarily a stumbling block, but it just, you have to kind of, or, or I should frame it as is that do you ever get like discouraged in terms of like do life stuff when it gets tough does it ever affect you like create in the creative process or are you the one that just just channels that energy into the music or or how how, how does that work for you in terms of dealing with real life stuff and how that equates to being creative yeah I think it I think it's a constant um, struggle you know as far as uh staying i don't want to say constant struggle but there's there's definitely going to be you know um times where you're you're not motivated or you're not inspired um or like you said you're going just through through real life stuff you're not in the mood um but i think as long as you you love it you're always going to come back to it you know um at this point it's just in me i've been doing it for um i mean shoot going on like 15 years now you know (laughs) so you know it's a part of me um just like getting up and playing basketball or football was a part of me now you know thinking about music uh writing music um you know being inspired by music is just a part of me now and um like i was saying it there's definitely times where you're not motivated or um you know 
you may be discouraged or like, why am I doing this? But, um, you know, at the end of the day, if, if you love it, I keep I keep going back to it. Um, and I've been in a really good space, a really good groove lately. Um, like beginning the last year, I made the goal of, you know, putting out at least a song a month. And I did that this last year. So I plan on, you know, doing that this year. I already put out my first song for January, like three days into January. So um, it's really like when you find that groove, just trying to stay in it. Um, and sometimes it's like when I was, I think one of the biggest roadblocks was when I was collaborating with people more. Um, a lot of times, you know, the more people you have involved, the, the messier it can get. Um, and there was times where it, it put, I was working with people I was like really close with, um, mm -hmm. a couple of close friends, like even like brothers to me. So there was times where we had creative differences um, and, you know, the music started, you know, messing up our relationships and our friendships. So that was a that was a tough time for sure. And once that happened, I took like probably a good two years off just because I was like, you know, it's not worth ruining relationships and all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of left a, a bad taste in my mouth. Like it was just the fun wasn't there anymore. Um, so I, I, I stepped away probably around like 2015, took some time away. And then I kind of caught that bug again, 2017, 18 and been going ever since. And um you know no offense to anybody i work with but just more on an independent level so it's just right there's, there's no you know there's no drama there's i'm doing exactly what i want to do when i want to do it how i want to do it and that's um that's um proven to be you know the better route for me right now in terms of like performing live what's what's your experience with that how do you plan on like like once you get a, a project to release to the public and mm -hmm. you know get it what what is your relationship like with performing live and pursuing that uh moving forward whenever you get ready to drop a project yeah i actually did a lot of live performances like early on like when i first uh, you know put out my first two or three mixtapes um when i was this is i'm in las vegas now but this is when i was living in la so mm -hmm. you know obviously a big music scene there I'm on mm -hmm. a, lot of, a lot of different levels. So um, uh, my brother was connected with people who would put on shows and stuff like that. So I was doing a lot of shows, um, you know, early on in my career. Um, so that was that was definitely like a good way to kind of get thrown into the fire and get comfortable on stage, get comfortable in front of people. Um, and I haven't performed live in a while right now at the point where I would love to perform live, but I'd, I'd rather like build up a demand for that rather than uh, you know, just, just hopping out there to hop out there. Um, I'm really just focusing on creating and, uh, you know, having people take interest to in my music. So, you know, when I do do a live show, there's actual, actually a demand for it <laughs> and, and people who want to see it. Um, so that's kind of where I am, where I am right now. The reason why I asked that, that's really, cause I was a part of the, the music industry. I call it the when it was a hype Williams budget, that's what we call it. <laughs> <The> <laughs> end, it was the end of the, it was the end of the hype Williams uh, era budget. And so, with you know back then, when you got a, a musical contract, it was I mean the residuals were really good. The royalties, if you were got published, and they were really good. But you know it's yeah. kind of in reverse now to where you know streaming, you know, it's not really it doesn't really translate unless you have you know, 
usually it does well like with commercials you get pretty good royalties with that if you can get your music in commercials and mm-hmm. tv and films uh whether it be a tv series or a sitcom it, mm-hmm. it can do well in that but in terms of uh live performing that's always the currency now for, yeah. for artists and i highly suggest artists of any whatever genre to tap into that the earlier you can get it because it's actually way better now than it was back then because back then okay. you would have to go to oh my god it'd be so awful <laughs> they would have <laughs> us because i'm a musician so they would have us playing the 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 artists i would work for you know unless you were like a mariah carey or tony braxton you had to like do small clubs it wasn't yeah now yeah. everybody has access to that point in terms of doing theaters arenas and stadiums you move yeah. your way up gradually but a lot of right. the new artists now they start out in arenas that wasn't the case yeah for that's crazy it's yeah. like the the Nas's and the jay-z's they didn't start out in <laughs> right. doing arenas they had to work their way up now of you course. can but i i just yeah, you get one suggest, hit single you can be an arena basically yeah pretty much <laughs> yeah. and if you can translate because sometimes social media that doesn't translate to ticket, ticket sales, sales but right. again you just work your way up that and then i i suggest sometimes i just suggest them if they can get on with a, a management team if you know somebody usually if you can get on with their team and and get with a promoter that will invite you on tour that's usually how it goes if you get yeah. connected that way then For you sure. can get the invites and even if the audience doesn't know you you still get exposed to yeah, yeah, yeah. a whole that's new right. audience you know, I'm, I'm just putting that out yeah, there, being, you know, yeah, not for sure. being an opener for somebody and, you know, yeah, expose you to a whole a whole other fan base. Yeah, I'm de- I'm definitely open to it. You know, um, but it's, yeah. it's funny you said I was. I, um, yeah, and I was uh, out working and in the club last night and, um, you know, uh, R&B artist that I know out here, uh, you know, has a pretty good following. She she's talking about doing a show and she wanted me on it. Um, mm-hmm. wants to collaborate and stuff like that so you know hopefully we can put that together yeah that's what it's about it's just yeah. the close proximity to somebody you know it could either be through an artist or it could be through their team it just however that works out but I just highly suggested in terms of if you want your music heard because of course you can put out music on the internet but if you right. wanted to have some life and get some legs under it you kind of got to put the MC work in in terms of being yeah. the master of ceremony you got to perform it live you know so it can resonate with people and when you do that you give them not just for yourself the experience of performing live and wanting them to purchase your music you know they're going to be way more engaged with you if they see you in person they'll they'll be more engaged but i haven't seen your your live performances i i would i would definitely be interested in that if you if you got on somebody's tour there's always love looking at you know people's artistry uh, live so that'd be dope experience to see how that yeah. translate you know from studio definitely definitely appreciate that i play this game with all the guests okay it's called the what's wrong with you game <laughs> Uh oh. <laughs> it's mildly chaotic mildly chaotic because i make up the rules as i go that's why it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's an either or game it's not an okay. artist comparison game it's just I basically want to know who do you play more on your playlist. That's pretty much the. Okay, I like that. Pretty much the base of the game. Okay, what if I don't first... have? What if I have uh, <laughs> either of them at all? Just say neither. <laughs> hey, it. We'll we'll see how it goes. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Sometimes okay. it. Just, you know, we'll we'll play it how it go. Okay. All right. Let's the do it. First one is Marvin Gaye or Teddy Pendergrass. 
Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, dang, who do I play more? That's really tough. I'd probably say Teddy Pendergrass, to, to be okay. honest. Yeah, yeah. Okay, the next one, the OJs or the Whispers? <laughs> I don't know if I have either of them on my playlist, to be honest. Um, okay. Maybe, maybe the OJs, though. Okay. Next so one, take, Rick James. Taking it back. <laughs> so I'll take right, right, right. Oh, yeah, that's what that's what we're doing here. It's definitely soul soul oriented yeah, 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 style yeah. game. The next one, Rick James or Prince? Mm. I definitely probably have have more Prince on my on my playlist. Yeah. Okay, those are all trick questions. Anyone you would have went with, you would have got right. But yeah, yeah. you pick Teddy Pendergrass. I usually like if you pick Teddy Pendergrass, even though I don't care, but Teddy Pendergrass, The Whispers, or Rick James. If you pick those, yeah. you get bonuses. So you get a bonus. I'm going to give okay. you a bonus 50 because you pick Teddy because usually people pick Marvin. So yeah, yeah, I'm going to yeah. give you a bonus 50 points. You get okay, 50 cool. points off the Teddy. I'll take it. I'll take it. Okay. Now we're at the part of the game. It's kind of a roller coaster ride that I put y'all on because now we're at the top of the roller coaster. And... <laughs> I mostly feel it in my stomach when y'all don't answer right, so no pressure <laughs> at all. But you, uh, the, this part of the game, you have to get all these right, or you get oh. a what's wrong with you. That's how. They, <laughs> oh, I, that's how I work the title. Yeah, okay, now I get the title. <laughs> yeah, because they be trying to anticipate what I'm doing. That's why I be, you know, kind of <laughs> flip it, uh, be unpredictable with it. Okay, so got to get all these right. The first one is Michael Jackson specific, off the wall, or Thriller. Off the wall. Okay, you're talking right. I like that. Yeah, yeah. The next one. Ooh, I don't know, because usually when y'all be talking right in the beginning, I'll be getting scared as we get down, <laughs> down the list. Okay, the next one, Miss Patty LaBelle or Miss Aretha Franklin. Oh gosh. Um, that's tough. That's tough. Uh, I'm gonna go Patty LaBelle just because I had. Oh my god! I felt like our synergy was right when it when we first got on here. You were talking. You don't have to talk no further. <laughs> Your answer right on that one. Okay, I felt okay. I, I, I felt the synergy in the beginning. I knew you there was you gonna go. pick Patty. I don't know there why. You you're talking she, right. okay. She's the one with the uh, with the sweet potato pies too, right? Yes. I just had one of those over Thanksgiving, so that's why she was fresh <laughs> on my mind. That's a deciding factor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the she Patty got, pie. She got the nod on that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, the next one is I had to switch this one up because the guests were uh, being judgmental on my list, so I kind of switched all these up. Okay, right. Babyface mm. or Raphael Sadiq? Ooh. All solo work. That's or you can add catalog in there, whichever one. It don't matter. Yeah, I probably have to go Babyface on that one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this one's kind of fairly new because I was basing it off of their solo work and I haven't listened to, I've listened to all Raphael's uh, solo work, but I haven't listened to, the only one I listen to of Babyfaces is Tender Lover. I haven't really went through the whole discography. Okay. But I was wanting you to pick Raphael, but yeah, just Yeah, I can see uh, that. I can see that. I'm going to kind of... Your glasses are giving Raphael for sure. <laughs> right. It's giving very artistry stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Okay, you. I wanted you to pick Raphael, but I'll kind of make a. Let me see. Are you grading? If you don't me pick now? what it, yeah, no, because <laughs> I'm trying to decide. 
Usually, if you don't pick what I pick, I give a what's wrong with you. But I'm not yeah. going to do that. I'm going to, instead of that, nah, I'm going to give free. you 15. Don't be nice to me. Don't be nice to me. I'm going to give you 15 <laughs> seconds. You got 15 seconds to name me three Babyface songs. Go ahead. Oh, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> what is that? Uh, when can I see you again? Yeah. Uh, that one. Is it called When Can I See You Again? I think uh, so. What else do you have? <laughs> oh, you put me on the got- spot. You got five seconds. Yeah, I don't know. That that might be as good as I can get right there. <laughs> you, yeah, a lot of these artists, like you're, yeah, you're. I'm reaching when I'm oh, talking yeah. to these artists you, right the now. The time, the time, the time ran out, unfortunately for you. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not going to give you what's wrong with you. You did name one. You didn't get yeah. all three. But you're not going to get what's wrong with you. But I'm gonna have to. You know what? You name one, so I'm gonna give you a plus five. I mean, I was gonna give you negative ten points, but <laughs> I would be nice to give you a plus five because you name okay. one. You got one, so I and I like it. that song. Okay, yeah, the next to, one. I need to go digging in the crates, obviously, because yeah, I'm not I'm not that sharp on all these artists. It's been Listen, a while. it's fine. That's why yeah. that's why I'm glad I play this game because you know I like yeah. to catch y'all off guard and see your yeah, musical yeah. knowledge and what you really be listening to. That's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, pretty much these it. Are like from my childhood and stuff, you know. I remember a lot yeah. of these songs, but yeah. For sure. No, it's no big deal. But uh the next one is SWV. Mm, okay. I need I'm trying to I'm talking. trying to dec- <laughs> I'm trying to decide if I want to leave escape in here or change it to invoke. Oh. Okay. I wanna Yeah, either I'm one. Go with, I'm gonna go with invoke. What is it? SWV or invoke? I gotta go SWV. There we go. Yes. Yeah, you get a bonus 20. Get a bonus. No, I'm gonna give you a bonus fifty for that. Bonus fifty for picking SWV. Yeah, I, I play them quite a lot on my playlist. Um, mm. I've been playing uh, "You're the One" a lot lately. Oh yeah. Yeah, that was that's a jam. Um, yeah, I definitely have <laughs> a couple of their their albums on my playlist. Okay. Yeah. That's what you you definitely don't get. It. What's wrong with you on that? Okay, <laughs> the next one, Jodeci. I feel like this is a given. Jodeci or <laughs> Jodeci or Boys the Men? Oh, yeah, that's tough. Um, I know I have the song Jodeci member. Um, <laughs> mm. That's why I thought it was a given. I thought you was going to yeah. be quick with this answer. I thought this yeah. was going to be an easy one. You kind of. I, I might have to go Boys the Men just because, like, I have very fond. Quam, you just. This yeah. is this is why I can't get my hopes up that y'all going to answer <laughs> right every time because you yeah. just. Like, 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 I said, I like my mom, my mom played boys and men a lot growing up. So um, those are like really I can tell by the hesitation in your eyes when you started looking adrift. I was like, oh, he about to yeah, pick boys yeah, and yeah. men. Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, come on, Quam, are you positive? I just have to double check with y'all sometime. Are yeah, you I feel like I feel like that's like the that's like good guy versus bad guy. You know, what I mean? like Joe was obviously more street and you know talk to more right. sexual and stuff like that and boys mm-hmm. and men's kind of like you know the guy yes, bring home the bomb type of thing you yes know? Uh, so yeah but i'm gonna yes. go boys the men just because that was like a big part of my childhood <laughs> yeah that's definitely the most accurate that's how whenever the other guests uh pick boys and men, i was like that's the accurate description is usually suburban if you lean more on the suburban side you go with boys the men which i you know i have I listen to boys. I mostly listen to the albums. I don't really have them on playlists. I like listening to their full album. So, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. I listen to it, just not the the same, the playlist, but yeah. Jodeci, 
like I said, I was a, a kind of a fast kid, so that was more of my lane. The uh, sexu- sexually suggested songs was right up my yeah, alley. Yeah, so. yeah, they was they was going in. Right, exactly. And so you didn't pick what I picked. You're supposed to pick Joe to see on that one. And so just like with the, <laughs> the babyface one, you have. I feel like I want to make this harder for you because you're so like definitive with boys to men. I'm gonna make it harder. Twenty seconds <laughs> to name me. Uh, five boys to men songs. Go ahead. Let it snow. End of the road. Uh, oh my gosh! Oh man, I'm blanking <laughs> out. Uh, Mama. Okay. You got three seconds. Damn. What else? I'll make love to you. Okay, you got it just in time too. Ooh, that thing's about to go. <laughs> you got five, okay? I think I've only you know, four, but I'll take no, it. no, I counted. I had, I was counting really? off on my fingers. You got five. Yeah. Oh man, I'm impressed. Yeah, you got five. I'm impressed with myself. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Listen, I'm very petty with this game, so I like I like I when tell. the clock runs out. I like when the clock runs out on y'all. I like when y'all take too long to answer. I'm like, yes, but you actually got all five, so I'm not going to be petty. I usually deduct points when you don't pick what I pick, but I'm not going to be petty. It's a new year. I got new resolutions. You got all the the answers, huh? Try not to be petty, LaBelle. I'm very very petty, but you get bonus 25. You get bonus 25. Oh, man, okay. I'll take that. The next one, trying to think. I'm adding some hip-hop in there, too. Let me add some hip-hop. Yeah, they yeah. lost soul. They lost soul or tribe. Ooh. Ooh. Gotta go tribe. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. I love Soul though. Rest yeah, on yeah, to yeah. true. Of course, of course. Rest I love Daylight Soul too. Um, definitely yes. Been growing up, but I, you know, I think tribe just has more, you know, more records. That I, right. That I play. Since you're from the West Coast, I kind of, I was going to add this in there. Uh, Too Short or E-40? Mm, that's crazy. E-40 just performed out here last night at the club that I work at. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> Too Short. I'm going to go Too Short, though. Um, okay, yes. Yeah, I was definitely influenced by him early on, too. Okay, I'm gonna go kind of old school on this one. Big Daddy Kane mm. or Rakim? That's a versus battle. Which, which mm-hmm. one you going with? Mm-hmm. Who is you going with? Mm. Man, I probably say Rakim. Rakim. See, I yeah. felt like you were gonna do that because it's more yeah. of a MC skill. Even though Big Daddy Kane, oh my god, he has the best cadence. Yeah, he was nice too. Yeah, in hip hop. The, but the rhythmic, it was very rhythmic, his cadence, right. but he was more like a flash. He was like an all-around, like, entertainer type of mm-hmm, mm-hmm. rapper. And Rakim was just strictly, like, the just the lyricist, you know. So, right, right. I, 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 listen, you acing this. We in yeah, the bonus yeah. round Yeah, I mean, we, oh, in, no. yeah we, in my, we in my bag now, the hip-hop bag, so, yeah. Yes, I was going to do Nas and Jay-Z just to, you know, just for formal purposes, but I feel like you're going to still go with Nas. Yeah, I, I always kind of lean Nas, but I mean, I love them both. It's kind of like one and one right. A, but I'm a Virgo. Nas is a Virgo. Like, I just feel like I relate to his stuff more on that okay. level. Uh, but yeah, love them both. Okay. Play, both. They, they both get a lot, a lot, a lot of run on my on my playlist, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, 
uh, this is the bonus round. I don't know how familiar you are with uh, R&B music, but uh, this one is uh, the debut album versus sophomore album. Who you going with uh, in terms of Miss Faith Evans or oh. Miss Mary J. Blige? Oh, man. Those are two of my favorites, too. Yes. Those are two of my favorites. I love they both get a lot of run on my on my on my phone, too. So uh, you said I'm not sure. Like, I'm not great. Who with you going with debut debut album? Uh, Faith had the self-titled self-titled Faith album. It had as soon as I get home. And oh, had, that's my uh, jam. That was her first album. Uh huh. Oh, that's yeah. I played that song a lot. Okay. And, and then, then Mary's What's the 401? That's uh her debut album with Real Love and okay. uh, Reminisce, all the remixes. Okay. Great. Okay. And then sophomore album, it was Faith's um Keep the Faith album. It had uh All Night Long. What else was on there? Caramel Kisses. Uh Mary's sophomore is my life, and we all know oh, like, yeah, that's a classic. Yeah. My yeah. you know. Yeah. The My Life and Be Happy was on that, but which yeah. one are you going with? So both of those, like two, two verse two, both yeah. albums verse each other. Which okay. one? Yeah, who uh, you going with debut? Oh, debut. Mm-hmm. I'll give the I'll give the nod nod to uh to Faith on the debut. Yes, just because I that soon as I get home is just timeless. Uh, love yes. that record. Um, and then I'll give the sophomore to, I mean, my life. You got to give it to my life. Oh, my God, Quan. Did, did I ace that one? I feel like we're like musical kindreds because you just answered this perfectly. That's how I wanted to go. <laughs> the first go. guest of 2024 answered the bonus question hey, right bonus in the What's round, Wrong With You game. <laughs> that's how I wanted the faith debut and then Mary sophomore. Yep, that's yep. how that's supposed yeah. to go. And, and thank and you for answered. breaking it down for me because I wouldn't have known all the details of that. But once you broke down the song names and everything, then I could I could answer it, you know. Oh my God. I don't even want to go no further after that because you just answered <laughs> it perfectly. Yeah. The next yeah. one, the next one is Tweet or Selena Johnson. Oh wow. Man. Uh you're you're really digging in the crates here. <laughs> Selena Johnson. I know the name, but what what was like her big song? Help me out. Uh I think it's I'm Your Woman. Unfortunately, she her most of her her first album was done by the the Robert fella, but you know, still oh, it's her work. Right. But Robert but you know, but yeah, yeah. the Robert let's go, fella. Let's go with Tweet. Let's go with Tweet because I remember Tweet. Tweet. Yes, I remember some of her songs. Just, I'm gonna rock with Tweet. And then <laughs> I'm trying to find. Some... She was down with like Timberland and them, right? Yes. Yeah. With uh, Missy Elliott produced yeah, yeah. majority of her first album, so yeah. There you go. Yep. Yeah. A uh, male artist, who you going with in terms of Joe or Avant? Oh, I just added this one in here too. So <laughs> I like I'm gonna I'm go with Avant. I'm gonna go with Avant. You going with Avant instead yeah. of Joe? Yeah. I'm oh my god! <laughs> I may not have to put this in the in the other in round. So because <laughs> I can't believe. Are you serious? You picking him yeah, over Joe? I'm gonna go, go with Avant. Um, yeah. I mean, no disrespect to Avant because I love the records. You know, Kiki Y, all the duets. Yeah. But Joe, you talking about uh, all the things your man won't do? You got. You know, oh my God! Yeah, yeah. Faded pictures with Case. (laughs) Case going with Avon. Yeah, we're going with Avon. You know what? It's a bonus, so 
I might, I'm, I'm just gonna let that slide because it's a bonus, but <laughs> we're at the conclusion of the what's wrong with you game. And I've determined there is nothing wrong. Oh man. Well, Mr. Kwam, he won the game. Kind of tricky up in there. I, the, these are just added. I feel, the ones I feel that like I you're added. being nice to me, but thank you. Yeah, I'm definitely being nice with the Joe and Yvonne one. It's a bonus <laughs> one, so because I was really hoping you said Joe, because he <laughs> has all the dirty Mackie tunes. That's what we call those. Yeah. They're really great. But you won the game. And what we do on this podcast uh, for great guests, I like giving out great prizes. And it's the new year. And so I'm feeling very generous. And so the Constellation Prize, I usually like to, you know, give y'all something special and make y'all leave with something, you know, more than just having a good feeling and, you know, all that stuff. So I'll be sure to cash app you. We went up in the budget <laughs> with the sponsorship. So usually I send $2, but I'll send you $4.82. So oh, you can man. go to any convenience store of your choice and get you a Pringle Pringles and a Snapple or Reese's or yeah, get you an Arizona and some Reese's, whatever your choice is. Wow. We have enough in the budget to give you two items. And so <laughs> No, you're too kind. Was, you're too kind. You don't have to do that. I'm just playing around. Thank you so much for <laughs> playing this ridiculous game that I just randomly came up with and don't know why the audience loves it. I've been trying to get rid of it for six years, but they won't let me. Nah, <laughs> but thank you for good. thank you, you for playing the game. My, my gears grinding over here trying to think of you know some of those artists and songs. So you brought me oh, back. For sure. I just want y'all to think to, you know, because usually people do artist comparisons, and I think that's kind of cheesy to do that because it's all subjective. But if you go mm -hmm. down to the playlist, though, you'd be like, who do you listen to? And yeah. it's like, you don't really have to determine who's great if you got it on your playlist. So right, it's just right. more making you think of, you know, who you like. These artists that they revere is like, do you listen to them? And then if they don't, and then some of them that say, I don't, like you said earlier, it's some of them that say they don't listen to either. So on some yeah. of those artists, so, mm -hmm. you know, but yeah. Yeah. It's just nobody's right or wrong. It's just, you know, I just find a creative way to be petty. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was fun. It was fun. But thank you so much for coming on the Soul Sadness podcast. I think, you know, talking with, I love having people on the show that feel, I feel like their art resembles some kind of, I call it a soul imprint. And I feel like you're, what you're achieving and what you're going after your your whole background as a athlete and then going into all these different things that you're into in terms of marketing your your experience uh -huh. in that your experience in doing music and getting those goals accomplished i feel like that's soul and print work and so i appreciate talking to you your story is amazing and i appreciate you taking time already scheduled talking what is it uh, that the audience should be looking forward to from you and how they can reach you yeah, no, thank you so much for the kind words and, and thank you for having me. Um, and yeah, just just more music. Um, I have I have several singles um, on all the streaming platforms. You can just look up Kwam, K-W-A-M uh, mm -hmm. on Instagram. I'm Kwam Nadon, K-W-A-M-T-H-A-D-O-N. Um, that's Instagram, Twitter um, and Kwam on Facebook. And yeah, I plan on just releasing more music. Like I said last year. Uh, I released one song per month, so 12 songs in 2023. Uh, I plan to do at least the same thing, um, if not more, here in 2024. I already put out my first little freestyle remix of the year um, called Never Lose Me. Um, and yeah, so just 
look out for more music and just keep doing what I love and, and trying to keep getting better at my craft. Nice. And Rob is going to have that queued in right now. He's going to be playing playing that single right now. He has it queued up. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> and playing it. But thank you let so it, much. Let it bump. Let it bump. Oh, yeah, for sure. We're going to play it. <laughs> Throughout the episode, they're going to hear all this greatness. But thank you so much. Your gifts are appreciated. You're, you're like I said, very resonant, make resonant art. So thank you so much for that. And uh, this is the Soul. No problem at all. Thank you so much for being a guest. This is the Soul Savvness Podcast. I will be touring overseas very soon. So I'm just hey. letting y'all know now that I, uh, the absentee parent of podcasting is back after this <laughs> after we <laughs> this episode wrap with Quam is going to be the one I'm just preparing y'all now I may do some uh, while I'm on the road I'm not making any promises I'm just letting y'all know you know the new year I'm trying to turn over a new leaf and I'd be an absentee parent of my own podcast but <laughs> you know, work over uh, now y'all know how my family feels but <laughs> yeah <laughs> thank y'all for tuning in to Soul Savage Podcast I'm your host Q Lynn Thank you to Mr. Kwong for joining the podcast. And yeah, we out. <laughs>